Cool. How's everyone? Who enjoyed imposter? So good. Everyone just do a bit of a smell check. Who stinks? Oof. Anyone else? Admit it. Who, smell, who smells great right now? And who smells like, who's like a little bit embarrassed? Like if we were having worship right now and you had to raise your hands, you'd be like, do go into these ones. Don't want to, oof, you know? That's me right now. I, I don't smell great, so I apologize, everyone. I Literally, I got sweaty as soon as I left the house because I locked myself out of my house today with little Ainsley. We went to the car and I realized my house is very secure. And the only window I could find was a little bathroom window, about as big as the back windows there, but thinner. And it was up high, so I climbed on top of the water tank, managed to get the screen off, and I'm like squeezing myself through, got through, and then it's like, I don't know, it feels like it's like a 20 meter drop down to my floor, but it was probably like a meter. But then, so then I had to squeeze through. Ainsley's just outside with the dog, she was fine. Um, and I didn't put Ainsley in, I should have. I thought about it, but I actually literally thought about it. It's like, if I put her in, could I tell her to go get the key? But I'm like, I don't think I could. Or to unlock the door. She doesn't listen to me, so I didn't do that. Anyway, managed to get in, get my key out. And then I jumped in the car. I'm like, great, now I'm all sweaty already. So anyway, why did we tell that story? Quenched. I just like leaving long pauses to see what happens. Okay, so tonight we're going to kick off our series on Quenched. Now, I'm looking forward to when Jaden preaches this message because Jaden has a funny way of pronouncing things. If you've ever heard him say the word moist, it's very disturbing. So I feel like when he says quenched, it's going to be very similar. It's like moist, quenched. Yeah. You just wait for it. You'll be ready. As soon as he starts saying it, you'll be like, ah, that's what Jake is talking about. So anyway, we're doing quenched tonight. Now, who here has, you know, been super parched? Who can think of a time when you've just been like, man, I am dying. I need water. When? Can you think of a moment? Hike, yes, okay. Yeah, the beach always takes that because you've got salt water, got the sand, you're just, <clears throat> yep. You may need to see a doctor, my friend. All right. Forty-five degrees, three years ago, I remember being very parched. That is a good memory, my friend. <laughs> now, here's the thing, being parched. Now, do you remember, has anyone ever been like so thirsty, you just need a drink, and then you don't actually have water, it's not your first drink. You maybe like a glass of chalky milk, and it, it's kind of gross. Has anyone else experienced this? You're like drinking, you're like, uh, now I just feel like sick, and I'm still thirsty, you know? Or you even have like a soft drink, and it like quenches your mouth, like your mouth feels good, but then you're like, I'm so thirsty still. Anyone else experience this? Coffee, not good. Uh, all of those things, they don't really quench your thirst. Like water tastes so good when you're parched. Anyone else agree? There is nothing better than a cold glass of water uh, when you're super parched. It just goes down so well. But then other times, you could just be like, have water, you're like, nah, I hate water. Water's disgusting. But then when you're thirsty, when you're parched, it's like, water is gold, right? You can relate to this? And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. Now, we want to talk about how do you be satisfied like that in your life? Because I think all of us are walking around and all of us are a bit parched on the inside. We're all a bit thirsty, a bit hungry for Jesus ultimately. But a lot of the time we don't realize that that's what we're hungry for. Um, there's this saying that all of us have this Jesus-shaped vacuum in our hearts. And the only thing that will fill that is Jesus. 
And so tonight we want to talk a little bit about that. This is kind of the intro to the series. And then as we go through the weeks, um, our leaders are going to go through a bit more specifically certain areas that we can get into. But tonight I want to kick off with a verse. This is in John 6. Who has their Bible on their phone? Pull it out. Highlight this one, okay? John 6, verse 35. This is going to be the verse for the term. John 6, verses 35. And it says this. Y'all got it? Oh, guys, come on. This is meant to be the tech-savvy generation. You're like, yeah, I can't find it. Just got to check it for your grams first, and then... uh... All right, we got it? John. John, J-O-H-N. Pretty easy to spell. John. Six. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Thirty-five. Yeah. One of the... (laughs) Thirty-five. Cool. John 6, 35. And it says... Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That sounds pretty good. Jesus says that he is the bread of life. So whenever we're feeling hungry, we're feeling thirsty, we're feeling empty, we're feeling unsatisfied, Jesus says that I am the only thing that will satisfy your life. And when you come to me, you will never be thirsty again. You'll be quenched. Sounds pretty good, yeah? That's what Jesus has on offer for us. And I think that's so awesome. In my story, I know that um, for a long time, I grew up in a Christian family, for those of you who don't know. um, I've got a man slain in the spirit right here in the front row. Oh, he's up. Praise Jesus. How was that prayer time there, Mike? Was that a good prayer? Yeah. Deep in prayer. That's good to see. Um, This guy's very righteous up the front, everyone. You should all be bowing your heads when I preach, please. No, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike, call you out on that. Well, in my story, so I grew up in a Christian home, and, but I still didn't really actually know Jesus. I still grew up pretty hungry, pretty thirsty, unsatisfied in my life. And I tried all sorts of things to fill that void. And one of the things I tried was I actually tried being a good Christian boy. Because I thought if I could be a good boy, then people will say nice things to me, then I feel like I'm doing a good job. And I tried doing that for a long time on my own strength, and it left me feeling pretty empty. And on the outside, lots of people thought, oh, he's a great Christian, he's a great kid, he's a great teenager, but I actually wasn't. Then I tried kind of when I was in year 9, year 10, I didn't finish year 10, I dropped out. Um, sorry to all those of you who are doing HSC, I can't relate, I'm very proud of you for sticking through. But I dropped out and I just started working in a warehouse and I just started making cash in hand. And we worked out that if we worked fast enough, we could unpack two containers in one day, which was about $70 per container. That's what we used to get. Um, And so I would just like work them as fast as I could, be done by 2 p.m., get 140 bucks cash in hand and I'd leave. And I was like 15 years old, 16 years old. And so I would just do that like most of the week. And then I had all this expendable money because I'm living at home. So I had like a lot of money and I would just buy stuff. I'd buy, that was back when PlayStation Portable was cool. I bought one of those, bought lots of games for that. You could buy movies on it. And I thought it was the most awesome thing. You put in these little discs. Um, crazy. Now I'm like, that is embarrassing. But that's what I spent my money on and clothes and all sorts of stuff. And so I had expendable money, but I still was pretty unsatisfied. I was still like, nah, it's not doing it. And then I turned to pornography. I turned to the internet. I stumbled across some stuff and I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting. And then I got deep into that and that was like my secret life. Like I didn't let anyone know that was my life. 
and that kind of makes you feel good for a little bit, but then it leaves me feeling even worse than before. And so I kind of found that I was getting more and more unsatisfied with all the things that I was trying. I tried being as good as I could at what I did, so being like a perfectionist. Anyone else a perfectionist? few people. I I'm definitely am, and I still am a little bit, and I have to work at that, at not giving into that. But I would try and be like, if I could just make something perfect, then I'll be satisfied. That's going to make me feel good. If I could just nail something. And so I try really hard at that, and I would still be unsatisfied. And it's funny because I was still going to church. I was still in church. I still knew Christian people. I was going to youth group. I was playing the drums on a Sunday. I was playing the drums on a Friday. Um, I was a youth kind of helper, leader at, at youth. And still, I was actually kind of empty on the inside. I wanted to be a good Christian. I knew that God wanted more for my life. But basically, it came down to I didn't want to give God 100%. I wanted to give Him like most of my life. But I still was a few things I wanted to hold on to myself. I didn't want to give him full authority of my life. I didn't want to give him every part of my life. I wanted to give him most of my life, and then I could control just a few little things. And that left me feeling pretty empty. And so it wasn't until I got to this place where I was pretty miserable, and I was like, God, I'm so sick of doing like both of these things, trying to be a good Christian and trying to live for myself. I'm just going to have to pick one of these things and go all in. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go all in for Jesus. And so I actually made the hard choice. I pulled out of some of my friendships, which was super hard. Because if any of you guys, you guys would know, your friends are everything when you're, uh, you're a teenager, right? That's like, it's so hard to imagine not being with your friends or having your friends maybe even say bad things about you or turning away from you. And so I made the decision, these friends are not good for me. And I didn't go all up, up to them all and be like, you guys suck, see ya. But that would have been dumb, probably got a punch in the face. But I just basically just stopped doing the things that they were doing, and naturally they stopped inviting me to stuff. And then I was, I was really into all sorts of music that I knew wasn't good for my head. And so I don't think everyone has to give up music, but God was challenging me. I want you to get rid of this stuff because it's not doing you any good. And I spent a lot of money on music. It wasn't back in the days where you could pay a subscription and have access to all the music in the world. That would have been so great. But I had to buy physical albums and I had to buy physical, I had to download physical albums on iTunes and it cost me like 16 bucks a pop. And so I deleted it all. And then I only listened to Christian music, which sucked for a while because I didn't know any other bands except Hillsong and Reliant K and Switchfoot, which you guys probably don't know who those are. But I was like, thank you. Reliant K. And so I was like, I've got to find some more music. But anyway, that's another story. And so I had to give up a bunch of stuff, and I was like, okay, God, I'm getting rid of this stuff. A girlfriend, I gave up the idea of, okay, I, I, I felt like if I gave my life to God and I trusted him, he's going to make me marry someone that no one else wants to marry because God can't find anyone else. And he's like, well, this guy surrendered. Let's make him marry her. But he didn't do that to me. In fact, I have the best woman in the whole world, so suck it. You guys will always find second best. I've got the best woman in the world, and God gave me her, which I'm very thankful for. And... And so all of this stuff that I was so afraid to surrender, that I was so afraid to let go of, God actually, my life is so much better now. Like I was so scared of giving it up. I was so scared of sacrificing. I was so scared of giving up all these things that I thought were so precious to me. And when I did, when I released them, it was hard for a little bit, but then I realized that God was actually making all of these things work better. And so it definitely wasn't the easy road. Like the easy road 
is to default into what your friends are doing, is to default into what the world's doing, is to default into what other people want you to do. But, but I decided, no, I'm actually going to follow what, what Jesus says. I'm going to live the way Jesus wants me to live. And I'm actually going to pursue a relationship with Jesus. And as I started doing that, I found that I was satisfied. I was, my, I was quenched. And it didn't matter what else was going on in my world. My, my home was pretty rough. Sometimes there was a lot of fighting and arguing and it was a stressful place to be sometimes, but, but I still found that I was satisfied in Jesus, even in the middle of that storm. I found that um, it, all sorts of things that I, I, wasn't, no, I wasn't hungry anymore for other things. There was still always the temptation for other things, but it wasn't this like this unsatisfaction deep inside my soul. It was like, I'm satisfied now. I have peace. I have joy. I've, I've met Jesus. And so being with Jesus gives me that satisfaction. That is how I find that I am most satisfied, that I'm quenched in my soul. Does that make sense? And that's my experience. And I want that to be your experience. I want you to meet Jesus. Not just be around other people who know Jesus. Not just know stuff about God because you've read the Bible a couple times. I want you to meet face to face with Jesus. And that is going to make your soul satisfied. You'll realize that He is everything that you've been looking for. Everything you've been looking for. And God isn't going to make your life suck. He doesn't want that for you. He actually wants the best life for you. And He knows what's best for you. He knows better than you do. And that's what God wants for your life. And so if you want to find satisfaction, reach out to Jesus today. I want to show a little video and then we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, still. Turn your eyes to the screen. I believe there are problems in this world that remain unfixed. I see plenty of food, but people still starving. I see cancer. I see families falling apart. I see people connected, but still isolated. I see ISIS and it freaks me out. I see people without hope or purpose. I see that we are all desperate to fit in. I see that everything isn't okay around me and in me. But despite all of this, I have hope because there is a God who cares about us, me, you who hates injustice, loneliness and inequality so much that he didn't just leave us in his struggle alone but entered our struggle with us. As Jesus, he suffered injustice, pain and laid down his life for us even though we were the ones who created the problems and we were the ones who deserved the consequences but he rose again and conquered death in order to restore humanity to his original purpose one person at a time. So why do I believe? I've seen hope restored and lives transformed. I've seen fractured relationships healed. I've seen people make it through troubled times because of God's peace. I've seen people forgive atrocities. I've seen God answer prayers. I've seen sickness healed. I've seen broken people find God's love, acceptance, and peace. I have found God's love, acceptance, and peace. I've experienced this transformation for myself. And I believe it can happen for you too. I love that bit at the end where he's talking about he's seen Jesus do all of these things in different people's lives. Broken families restored, seen sick people healed, seen people's lives totally transformed. And I, I've seen those things myself. I've seen people's lives radically change. I've seen them meet Jesus and he is the only one who will change your life. 
There are so many other things we could do to try and affect our lives, but Jesus wants to transform your life. We don't have the power to do it ourselves. There are so many things I know that all of us look at ourselves and there's so many things we want to change and there's so many things we try and do to make ourselves better, but you can't do it on your own. You need to meet with the creator of the universe and he wants to transform your soul. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to bring you life. He wants to bring you joy and peace. He wants to transform you. And that comes when we surrender. We say, God, I'm tired of trying to do this my own way. I'm sorry. We say sorry for the things that we've done. We say sorry for the, the sin that we've done. We say sorry for the way we've hurt people, the way we've hurt ourselves, the way we've lied, the way we've deceived, whatever it is. We say sorry to God. We, we repent. We say, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I turn from that. And God, I want to follow you. I want to be like you, Jesus. And as we do that, as we turn and we face Jesus, the Bible says that he will give you a new heart. He will give you a new life. He will give you a fresh start. And we can do that and we can step into purpose. We can step into a life of hope. And we can find freedom. And that's what I want for every person in this room. I don't want you to come along and get so close to meeting Jesus, but never actually making the step towards Him. Never making the step to actually entering into a relationship with Him, entering into freedom. It would be so sad for you to get so close and then miss it. And so tonight I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Could everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? There's nothing magical about doing that. It's simply so you don't look at your friends and you can just focus here for a second. Jesus wants to meet with you right now. God of the universe literally wants to meet with you. He's waiting. He sees you. When you pray, when you talk to him, whether it's out loud or in your head, he hears your voice. And your brother, Jesus, wants to meet with you today. And so tonight, if you're sick of trying to do life your own way, if you know that you're stuffed up, if you know that you've made a mess, if you know that you're unsatisfied and you're done running, I want to give you an opportunity to take that first step in turning towards God. And I just want you to pray and reach out to Him in whatever words you have. It could be as simple as, Jesus, I give you my life. So I'm just going to leave some silence for a few minutes. If you want to reach out to God, just talk to Him. He hears you. He knows you. Reach out to Him. He wants to meet with you right now.